Like Corey Feldman and uh, oh, <laughs> there we go, Marty You're Feldman, famous comedian. Yes, a lot of comedic talent named Feldman actually out there. There's okay, the Feldmans. It's a, it's a comedy dynasty. It's a dynasty, pretty much. Yeah, that. Um, I'm waiting. Not Corey Feldman. Who's the other Corey? Or is it Feldman? Cor- the other Corey. There's two Coreys from the '80s, right? Oh, Cor- uh, yeah, Corey. One of them's dead now. Yeah, Corey Feldman. Corey Hart. Corey Feldman. He's the one. He's supposedly. Oh man, this is a great uh, conversation starter. Mm. Am I making sense, ladies and gentlemen? I am here with Tommy Feldman. We are now streaming. Excellent. So we are in business. Thank you for joining me, Tommy. Thank you for having me. Fresh off a meeting and in Sunnyvale. And do you go by Matt at all or only Matthew? I usually go by Matthew. Okay. Uh, but I, like you, I'm not a stickler. So just don't call me late for dinner. How about that one? Uh, you stole my joke. I was going to say that. Was <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's an old white guy joke. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. dad joke. That's Co- a classic dad joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Corey Feldman, I saw him recently on a radio interview and he has supposedly a documentary coming out that's going to expose a lot of the um i guess take it to me too to the next level except it involves kids too Mm -hmm. so supposedly him and the other Corey who passed away a few years back and a bunch of other child actors from the 80s there was not such good stuff going on we're talking about the and not the Michael Jackson stuff. Kind of, it's all kind of related. It's all related. Okay, it's all kind of related. And so he supposedly is sitting on a documentary, from what I heard in mm-hmm. this interview, where when he releases it, it's going to sink a bunch of, um, you know, execs, producers, uh, stuff like that. So who knows? It could have been just like a media point. He's very media savvy. Yeah, you know, he knows how to stay in the spotlight. He could have just been saying this for say uh, for the sake of saying it to get more attention on. Mm-hmm. He could have been saying it to get money for a project that may or may not be finished. Uh, but I found it interesting, and given given what we've heard about Finding Neverland, Neverland, mm-hmm. I couldn't watch it. It was just it was too much. Um, and then all the other stuff with me too. It seems like. There's probably where there's smoke, there's fire. Sure. But I don't know if he has the documentary done. Yeah. But anyway, he shares your last name. Yeah, the, the only reason I mentioned the name Corey Feldman yeah. is because sometimes uh, people ask me about the pronunciation. And I oh. and uh, Feldman is a, uh, you know, it's sort of, it is a classic, it's a Jewish name, but it's also classically a lot of comedians with that last name. There's actually, oh. um, in San Francisco, there's actually a, a Ben Feldman. Okay. Currently active on the scene in comedy. Okay. And there was a David Feldman also, but he's actually gone on to, he's a national, uh, I think he okay. does a, cup, a radio show or something like that. Big but time. There's a lot of Feldmans out there. But, uh, yeah. If you've ever watched the TV show um, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. I watched the first three the seasons. The guy who plays the lawyer, he kind of looks like Scott Baio. His name is Bel- Ben Feldman. Oh, okay. He's also on that TV show Superstore. Okay. So there's. I probably would recognize his face. So it's a, it's a pretty common name. Okay. Saying. Yeah, yeah. And you're from back east. I'm from back east. I'm from New York. New York. <laughs> I'm okay. from New York, baby. I'm from New York. Uh, so how long have <laughs> you been in the Bay Area? I've been in the Bay Area about 20 years. Oh, you're, yeah. You're one of us now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess I am. <laughs> that Northeast, it scrubs off. It's What's nice about it, though, I'll tell you, yeah. is uh, if since I still have that, I, uh. I do bring that out in my comedy because it's uh. people will say, "Wow, you, you know, Tommy, you have a really good New York accent." You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, uh, there's a reason for that, and yeah. So I still use that in my comedy, and people are always surprised because they're yeah. like, "Oh, I had no idea." So uh, I have a, I do an impression of a gangster. Yeah, I do, uh, you know, uh, sort of like, uh, what else have I done? I think I've done Trump as well. Okay, because he's ca- he's a, he's from Queens. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when he says, you know, he's like, you're fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't just you're fired. It was you're you're fired fired. with with this cobra-like motion. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's, uh, so I'm from back east. Okay. And I've been out here 20 years. I, um, well, so. Were you into the scene when you were back east? No, no, no. I, so I'm. I think we're about the si- we're, we're peers. Yeah. I, I think I started around the same time as we last mm. middle of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cause August. I remember, yeah, I was August 2018. I, I've that was my f- birthday, my comedy birthday. I think I'm in 
a little bit later, maybe in late September. Okay. Uh, I w- actually, I had started thinking about it s- in the early part of last year, but then okay. I didn't. Act- it took me a while to work up the nerve, you know, yeah. just like I'm sure a lot of people. But uh, yeah. So we're at around the same level, but no, I didn't do it back east. Okay. But, but I mean, did you go to comedy clubs back then? And did I? Not really. I would just listen to. Okay. You know, growing up, I listened to a lot of you know comedy shows. Like right. Uh, right. Okay. Um, I remember me and my buddies. We used to live listen to. Uh, Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh yeah, we had the cassette. Yeah. Oh God, I think we've probably listened to that a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you were wearing Eddie, out the cassette. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy Raw was, and of course, if you're from New York, you all yeah. wa- we all watch Seinfeld. Yeah, because that's our life. Right. And so we, you know, so, so soup Nazis everywhere. Soup Nazis everywhere, and jokes about Nazis constantly. And now, what what part? What borough were you from? So I. Grew up in Queens, but okay. I also spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. My parents okay. divorced, and I okay. lived with my dad in Brooklyn. Okay, and then I, w- uh, my high school was in Manhattan, so I got the wow. full New York experience. So only so basically, except for the Bronx and Staten Island. I mean, I yeah, I, I experienced the main part of it, and uh, yeah, comedy's. A b- I mean, growing up in New York, I think comedy is a big. W- y- you know, even if you don't go to the clubs, yeah. you're around a lot of the. Of records and people are always watching. We all yeah. watch the shows together, and it's sort of like it's a common. We all talk about it a lot. I mean, maybe that's everywhere is like that, but you know, New York being that, there's a lot of comedians from there. Well, I can credit. I've t- I've shared this story before, so mm. if there's a, a repeat listener, I apologize for telling the story. <coughs> but New, y- I can credit New York with wanting to do stand up because I was there on a visit maybe three years ago, and there's just an energy about going out late, and I mm-hmm. hit up a number, uh, a couple of different clubs out there. And just leaving feeling like, I, I got stuff I want to say. Mm-hmm. I want to get on a mic. Yeah, you right. know. And I came back, and I, I think about a month after that trip, I went to one or two mics. But then I didn't get up until like 1.30 mm-hmm. um, here, here in the South Bay. And I, and I was going home like, I can't be up this late. Mm-hmm. I got a day job, you know. And then I just sat on it. But I kept writing stuff, thinking about things that could be jokes. And mm-hmm. then about a year and a half, two years later, after those first two experiences, I told my wife, I just said, I got a lot of things I want to yeah. try saying on stage. And so I went up again. And then at that point, I think I went two or three times. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. It became a compulsion, which is kind of a thing with me when something, when I get interested in something, it turns yeah. from just a mild interest into mm-hmm. this kind of obsessive type thing where, oh, I want to, I want to do more of it. You know, do you find, so are you doing comedy? This is one of the things I wanted to ask you because we're peers and we're similar age. Yeah. Uh, do you do comedy because saying those things helps you feel like get, get something off of your chest, makes you help you feel better. And especially if people laugh at it, then you know, Hey, someone else agrees with me. Um, is it therapeutic for you or is it, what's the, I don't think it's therapeutic. In fact, in the first, uh, in, in the, f- in my first few months, I even had a joke about it being the anti-therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to fail so much yeah, that's that true. it doesn't feel that's good. good uh, it's actually inflicting more damage than it's helping. However, I do think uh, writing and then sharing what you've written with other people, mm-hmm. that probably has some kind of, maybe it does have some kind of healing, mm-hmm. healing aspect mm-hmm. or it has something in it that it's, it feels good. And then the other thing is, and this is undeniable, mm-hmm. and everyone who does stand-up will right. say this, is there is a little shot of, of adrenaline Sh- when you absolutely. get on a mic. And that little shot is very addictive it is. for me. It is. And so I, if you were to ask me, is it therapeutic? Probably not. It's probably having an inverse effect. It's, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily yeah. popular in the old McCarran household. Yeah, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> Like my wife would much rather if instead of me going to open mics tonight, we stayed home, yeah. I stayed home and we watched right. Netflix or something right, like that. Right. So that would be her preference. So I, I don't think it's helping in that. However, do I think that it is there's something more than just that that shot of adrenaline that mm-hmm. happens when I go to get on stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something bigger than that. Uh, but I don't know how to really articulate that yeah. yet. So I don't I don't really throw around I mean, when I think of therapy, I think of, you know, you're actually trying to do something to heal some mm-hmm. kind of emotional thing that's wrong with you and yeah. i don't think comedy is doing that for me <laughs> well yeah. but uh, not to say it, it doesn't do that it for people I, it probably yeah. does but for me i just kind of i think it's a compulsion and then and then mm. then it's uh also uh, like i uh, like i shared i think 
writing stuff down and then getting on stage and sharing and performing, mm-hmm. there's something that is very uh, healthy about that and, and overall good, net mm-hmm. good, yep. net worthwhile. I'm not just, it's, it is shits and giggles, but it's not just shits and giggles, yeah. right? Hopefully I'm doing something bigger than just going up there and telling raunchy jokes, hopefully. Yeah. I, I, so, so the reason I ask you that is because... Um, just to compare notes. Yeah. For me, it is very therapeutic. Yeah. I find that. Um, so I kind of wanted to tell you the story about how I got in a stand. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Let's get into it. Because get into um, it. we got time. We got time. Yeah. I wanted to tell you that because you have kids, I have kids. Yeah. And it's actually, actually, my kids are kind of one of the r- reasons I got in a stand-up comedy. Keep going, okay. but I can share about something about that too. Let me. So this is what happened in my case. Okay. And I wanted to share this with you because as your kids get older, I think my kids are a little bit older, but yeah, I think so. My um, when my son was in uh, fifth grade, mm-hmm. he started entering these uh, speech competitions. Oh, so a speech competition is you basically it's a five minute speech. You have to pre you have to write it in advance, and it's for the kids to help them practice public speaking. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when my son started doing it in fifth grade. Uh, I helped him write the speeches. Okay. Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, You're yeah. not supposed to, but... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I ha- I helped him. It was his ideas, but sure. then I would flesh them out. And of course, um, I put in zingers. Oh, in nice. Just little kid-level yeah. zingers, you know. So, and he started doing the speeches, and then uh, it, it was a hit. You know, he, people oh, loved... Because nice. all the other speakers would get up, and they were so serious and nervous, and, yeah. you know, and they wouldn't... And he, my, my son, to his credit, I mean, he, he's, he's a natural. Like okay. He, he just get up and just start talking it's about... a good thing to be natural about at. anything. He's, yeah. He, he's, got, he's got it. Yeah. Um, but when, when he would do the zingers in particular, that made me feel good. Because yeah, he would yeah. be laughing at his little jokes, and I'm yeah. like, mm, I wrote those jokes, <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. But he's got a ghostwriter. But no one really... But... but they didn't, it, you know, I couldn't yeah. take credit for it. Then, you know, and yeah. he kept, he, he, he won in, you know, his fifth grade okay. competition, and then he won in sixth grade, and yeah, he won yeah. again in seventh grade. Well, he, uh, he's he on a roll. He's on a roll. and I World kept champ. I kept doing this with him and writing those, those jokes. But then yeah. when he got to um, eighth grade, yeah. he was al- s- allowed to give his speech at the graduation in front of 2,000 uh, plus people. Okay. And I wanted to help him write some I wanted to make the whole thing funny, if possible. Oh, okay. Uh, I got vetoed yeah. by the wife. She's like, no, this is a middle school speech. This is a graduation speech. It's like very austere uh, and very, you know, scholarly. Yeah. You know, academic references, okay, but no no zingers. Yeah. So I got overruled, and I was like, oh, well, you know, there goes my... <laughs> <laughs> there's my you were so sad. There goes my one <laughs> joke writing opportunity. <laughs> And I no longer had an yeah, And you said, I'm not sitting on these this jokes. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I got jokes to tell. And I couldn't, f- I, tr- I was looking for another outlet. And yeah. I was, I was, I, s- I live, now I know you're from Pleasanton because yeah, I've yeah. heard the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I live in San Ramon. So okay. And I would go by Tommy T's all the time. So yeah. I knew that there was such a thing as an right. open mic. Right. But uh, it took me a while to f- work up the courage. But I started writing jokes anyway. Like yeah, I just started I writing them. That seems to be we all start that way, where we th- we just have ideas that we're writing down. Yeah, I just started writing them, and I've been writing jokes, f- you know, if you include the time that I was helping my son for years. But okay. it only took only last year was when I finally worked up the courage to start okay. performing it too. And, and did that open the floodgates once you got up? Yeah, you said, "Oh, I got more jokes. I want to get up there. I want to keep." Yeah. Once I did it, then it was like, "Oh, okay, this yeah. is I like this," and then. You know, of course, you as you go along, you realize what the boundaries are of what, mm. and then of course the techniques, you know, how to yeah. s- set up and punch, and um, so yeah, I'm st- obviously I'm just beginning, but yeah, um, but now finally, so for me, it's like, wow, okay, this is the outlet I was looking for that I w- no longer yeah. was able to have through my son. I still help my kids with that kind of thing, but yeah, but now I have my own stuff, and now right. it's sort of the tables are turned now. I l- I asked them for help with my with my jokes. Oh, you know? nice! Like, so. I don't know if you try out your jokes on your kids, but I do all the time. Uh, a lot of my jokes I probably wouldn't share with my kids. Some of them I do, and they give me strange looks. You know what I share with my kids? Mm-hmm. And this is where I don't think I could do. S- I don't. I could do stand up without the kids, but I think it's helped having kids. Is watching them <coughs> goof around and play. Yeah, kids are so physical. Yeah. And the way their faces are moving and they're bouncing yeah. and the energy is just all over the place that, you know, if I have some funny faces or some act outs that I want to do, then I'll just, I'll just do the act out without words. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. and see what kind of reactions I yeah. get. And if I get like the, you know, a little something, then <laughs> yeah. I go, okay, maybe that'll work. But if I get, what are you doing? You know, then yeah. I know, okay, maybe I'm acting too bizarre or something. But definitely observing them and then goofing around with <clears> them, I, f- I got to say, helps with comedy. There are many reasons. I could go on and on. There are many reasons why I don't think I could have done stand-up earlier in life, mm-hmm. in my 20s, mm. 30s. Even though I mm. would have had the evenings, I wouldn't have yeah. had the kids. Yeah. Right, we have less time now. I think, uh, you know, I, I think a big part of the problem is just, uh, I had thick skin. I've always had thick skin. It probably, that's not a factor, but I think um, I probably wouldn't have had the patience you know, because we're literally putting an act together three to five minutes at a time. And so that means in an average week, I don't know what it was like when I was younger with the open mic scene, but here the open mic in the South Bay, it's like, okay, maybe I get three mics. Maybe if I'm lucky, I get four mics. So that's at most 20 minutes a week to actually work on something. I wouldn't have had the attention or the focus to stick with that kind of discipline or craft in my 20s i would have just been like if i can't do it all the time i don't want to do it i i agree with you i don't think i could have done this in my 20s um because oh i don't know i think when you become a parent you do get thicker skin just in yeah. general yeah because you know you're you're the the man or you're you know the head of the household i mean yeah, yeah. it's your job to be the representative of this little tribe yeah and so you kind of have to have somewhat of a thick right. skin and being able to take all kinds of, uh, you know, the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to keep, you've got to protect that family. So you've got to be willing to stand up. So it's a little, when you're in your 20s, um, you're still, you know, you don't have a lot of confidence. I mean, maybe yeah. you, you outwardly, you try to act confident, but yeah. it still, it takes a while to get that, you know, to, get, to be confident. Yeah. Um, oh, here's another big reason. Mm-hmm. Because having money was always important to <laughs> So I, I that the sure. starving the starving artist yeah, probably would have yeah. never worked with me. I, I liked that good I point. got very good point. I, I, I worked my way into corporate America and I kinda was just taking all the work I could possibly get. Yeah. Which now that I look at it's kinda like, what was what was the rush? But I, I felt it for some reason in my twenties. No, you're and right. And even in the thirties I felt like, Oh, I, I need to get my foot in the door, I need to establish something and now I'm in my forties and I'm going, hmm, maybe I should have stopped, smelled yeah. the roses, maybe not was stressed about work so much. I think it's the same for me too. I mean, I yeah, same. In my twenties, um, I was just focused on my career and I just yeah. trying to get ahead. And you know, early twenties, I well, okay, this is a whole other. This could take an, a whole other episode. But I used to live in Japan. Oh, okay. In my early twenties, I wonder if they have a stand-up open mic no, scene. They yeah. don't. <laughs> so I couldn't. I don't even think I could have even done it. Okay. Living in Japan, but when yeah. I got back, I went straight into business school. Mm. So that was two years right there. And yeah. You know, and that I was in LA. I was at UCLA okay. for my MBA, and uh, there were people that were getting into the entertainment field. It was all around me. Oh yeah. Um, I would even guess that some yeah we, there were some people went to become agents. Some people oh, went on to right. be know entertainers of different things but but uh it was around me but still you know career yeah so that's when i went into consulting okay and just um you know once i started doing consulting that was everything for me i wanted to be the best possible consultant i could and um hmm. but in my case so i became a consultant Uh and then i became an independent consultant so i worked for as a consultant for a big corp for ibm okay consultant yeah but then in my thirties, I was I was I became independent. Got so it. I became a consultant on my own, and okay. I've actually been an independent consultant for all, uh, almost eighteen years now. Okay, I've, I'm my own. I have my own boss. So you're set. You're settled in. You got your clientele. I got my People clients. know how to get a hold of you. I got my clients. When anyone has problems, they say call Tommy. So I'm on the I'm on. So I was going to ask you. So I'm on the management consultant. I'm like yeah. on the business side, on the business yeah. development side of tech. Yeah. What, what, what's that? I'm on the technical side. On, okay, yeah, so I was, I'm I was on the technical say, side. Yeah. I get along well with technical people because um, I compliment them. Because, uh, you know, yeah. You've got the understanding of the technology and, yeah. the, you know, the sort of the, the underpinnings of everything. But to make actually business happen, you yeah. need the schmoozers. Well, you, n- you don't and just the, need, yeah, you need and schmoozers. The, the marketers. Yep. <laughs> you need the marketers, but you also need people who knows how money works. And how it moves around because you get a lot of people who get obsessed with the problem and solving the problem. Sorry, <coughs> this is weird. I don't know what happened. 
But you need to know, you got to have the people who know how to get money around, right? <coughs> are, you, you're Wait, are you an engineer or a... Yeah, I'm in, I tech support for just to make it real simple. I do tech support. Okay. But yeah, I've been in IT <coughs> or support in some capacity for about 25 years. <coughs> oh man, this is not the best podcast. There we go. Sorry. We're back. Um, I got I got a lot to ask you about uh, living in Japan, though. Okay, let's go down that road. So, uh, what did you go to school out there, or? So, um, I studied Japanese as an undergrad. Okay. In at in college, um, and then uh, this was I graduated in ninety one, nineteen ninety one. Wait, high school or college? College. Okay. Nineteen ninety one. So, and when I graduated, it was. The economy in America was actually starting to begin right. one of those recessions. This was a the late eighties through the mid nineties were not good. Yeah, I it tell people that. Like yeah. in Northern California, everyone thinks no, it's like the gravy train. I had no, I grew up. It's like there was real. Yeah, I don't want to say poverty, yeah. but it was hard times. I mean, <coughs> this is what you know. So obviously, the benefit of being a little older is you've, you've seen, you, yeah, yeah. you know, you've seen these ups and downs. So when yeah. I graduated from college, much like the millennial or not yeah. millennials, much like people graduating in two thousand eight, and yeah. maybe I think a recession is probably coming. But yeah, um, me and Sean were talking about that last week. It's got to be coming. I think it's just around the corner. It <laughs> seems like it's a ten year cycle, but um, when I was graduating, there were not a lot of op- as many opportunities at the corporations, you know, in the yeah. U.S. And uh, so I said, why not? Try to get a job in Japan. Hell yeah. You know, why not? Give it a shot. I did speak enough Japanese that I could get an initial, you know, interview with yeah. some of the some of the companies. And anyway, I just got really lucky. And there was nice. a Japanese company that was recruiting Americans to come to Tokyo okay. to do marketing and sales uh, to other American companies. So it was a Japanese company. Yeah. That they wanted to American use. Face. They wanted to use. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> to market to yeah. this right and, and it was actually a successful strategy because when i got there it's like you know the expat world in mm-hmm. tokyo at that time in the early 90s is it's you just know everybody you get to know everybody really quickly it's like oh. almost like the comedy community you know nice hey you know do you know you know do you know this guy this australian guy at that company you know mm-hmm. all the all the non-japanese people we get to know each other real real yeah. well and so that's what i wound up in japan okay but I did know the language already. Okay. When I got and then but when I got there, I living in a ja- in in Japan, working at a Japanese company. That's how I became fluent. Okay. So you were so basically you go northeast to Japan, and then to Bay Cal- Area. Then the by uh, LA for by LA for business okay. school. But okay. yeah. Nice. So and and uh, so that's that changed my life obviously because uh, once I had spent four years in Japan, then when I came, it's weird because when I came back. I missed four years of American culture. Uh, when right. I came back, I, it was almost like I was in a bubble, and I had to relearn. <laughs> well, things I remember. I feel yeah. the same way about kids. I told I, me and my wife, we go, okay, we're coming. The other day, we were talking, and I said, we're coming up on. We're, we got another decade in the books. Mm. It's going to be twenty twenty. Yeah. What do you remember most about this decade? Like, what's the big yeah. impression? Yeah. And she goes. Uh, well, we had <laughs> Lauren, our oldest daughter. We had yep. our oldest daughter in 2010. Mm. And as far as that, I don't know anything else. <laughs> like once we had kids, it's like, here's what I tell people. I was, I have been, well, I can't say been, but m- the majority of my life up and until the older one was born, I was always a diehard Giants fan, mm. diehard Niners fan, diehard Warriors fan. 2010, mm-hmm. <laughs> my oldest one is born. She yeah. was born in June. Yeah. So that's middle way, more beginning of the baseball season. I didn't watch a baseball game <laughs> yeah. until October, and people were, were saying, oh, Giants right. are, in the yeah. they're in the pl- oh, are in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. I maybe watch one playoff game. Yeah. Giants, Giants are in the World Series. Oh, Giants are in the World Series. I watch one World Series. They fucking win. <laughs> My entire life, 36 years, yeah. I never saw them win a World Series. Yeah. When they win, I really wasn't even paying attention to that season. And then, okay, whatever. And then I think it was either 2011 or 2012 when the Warriors, same thing, mm-hmm. been a fan my entire life, never seen them won a championship. They get hot. I think it was 2011, maybe two, 2012. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> they win a championship. Yep. And then again in 2012, yeah. Giants win again. That was when my little one was born. Right. So I missed almost the entire season. So I don't even consider myself a sports fan anymore, but there is some <laughs> irony you do in miss. that. Once, once I got pulled out of the fan base, mm-hmm. All my teams started doing good, so <laughs> maybe I was doing a disservice all those years. I agree with you about 
like when you have with the, the, yeah. you know when you become a parent i certainly yeah your world it's just you just miss things a lot of i think a lot of that's well, that's interesting about the com- doing comedy and yeah. meeting a lot of the younger comedians. Oh, I love you know, it. We are on a. It's it's great to see uh, their lives. Yes. And compare it to our lives because it is so different. They have so no different. idea. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, I mean, they just think we're old farts. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're probably looking at it. Yeah. Like, keep your distance <laughs> from Tommy and Matthew. Yeah, Don't yeah. get too close. Right. That dorkiness might yeah, rub off right, on us. Right. So, because we're not cool. But oh, that was another thing. That was another thing is I think for me to do the comedy the way I'm doing comedy mm-hmm. right now. I thought I heard a yell. S- uh, to some extent, you kind of have to be vulnerable and and because we're older, even, you know, goofy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've I would never have done that as a 20-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. When you're a dad, you do kind of have a little bit of uh it's okay to be goofy because hey, you know, it's kind of part of the job description. Dad, you're, yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, I mean, we talked about dad jokes the other day when I saw uh, the time I met, I met you. We talked about dad jokes. Love them. I mean, yeah, it's it's hacky. I, I, I'll be the first to admit, but yeah. you know, some audiences like hacky. Well, and it fits more cases. <laughs> they do. It's yeah, a, yeah. Or just if you have kids in the audience, or even uh, actually, I, I find that dad jokes, joke, dad jokes, are sometimes a good way to do a bar. At the opening, just mm. to kind of warm up the crowd a little bit, and just sort oh of yeah, because you sure. know it's a question. Yeah, can you answer everybody? Okay, it's you yeah, know, yeah. I, I so I have my. I know you said on your one of your podcasts that you have a dad jokes re- at the ready, and s- I t- well, you know why? Because I've, done, I've I developed some. I was uh, I was at my older daughter's classroom, and they were introducing me, and and so she said, "Yeah, my dad, he he likes to kind of play guitar." <laughs> he likes RC planes and he likes to do stand up comedy. And so of course they ask their questions and I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming. And one of the kid <laughs> goes one of the kids go, Can you tell us a joke? So if I didn't have a dad joke on the ready, what am I gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Because there's it's a fourth grade class. Yeah. <laughs> most of the stuff that I use day to day, I yeah. mean not most of it, but yeah, it's either it's uh, abstract uh, where they're uh, not gonna yeah. they haven't had the experience to understand right. it or it's just not appropriate. <laughs> to bust out in a public school, <laughs> in a fourth grade public school. I agree. Yeah, and uh, to now that I think about it, my dad jokes are not. I mean, my kids get them. Yeah, but they're. I think my dad uh, jokes reco- probably got to be at least ten or twelve to at least just yeah. to understand them because uh, right. the references. But but uh, but I'm a clean comedian. I don't. I don't. You know, it wouldn't. It would never be something inappropriate. Oh, okay. For a school. <laughs> um, d- how about your kids? Are your kids? They like what you're doing. You know, another thing that we we should talk about. So when I first started doing Uh comedy, I did it because, well, I was helping my son. I saw how much he was enjoying that. I wanted to do it. When I first started doing it, they were extremely supportive. Yeah. Um, They wanted to hear all my sets. They um, kept asking me, hey, Dad, how'd it go? How'd it go? You know, the first few months. Yeah. Now we're kind of running into a little bit of a problem, Matthew. Oh. Now... They're like, Dad, stop doing comedy around the house oh. because I'll try stuff out on them all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll walk around in accents, you know. Yeah. Like I'll walk around. Oh, you're a, me- a method actor. I'll just, you know, like um, uh, the other day. Okay, this is just a funny story. But okay. the other day I was at Tommy T's okay. and doing, it, uh, doing a um, an open mic, that one of their, their competition, right? Okay. And there was, um, in the audience, there was a woman. And... She was extremely talkative. Okay. Like, she would, s- not a heckler, because she was a comedian herself, and she went up at the end. Uh, but every time someone would say something, she'd go, okay. Oh, right. Okay. And yeah. then I thought that was so hilarious, and yeah. I just kept, and I come him and then the whole day I'm yeah. practicing that. I'm like, hey, uh, honey, uh, can you go and take the trash can out? Uh, okay. Yeah. I can do that. Okay. You know, I just yeah. was working on it. I was working uh, on that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the end of the that day, uh, yeah, the, the they were like my wife and my kids were like, no, no, enough of the okay. I'm always working on voices. I'm working on jokes. I think they're tired now of it. Yeah, they they want me to do well. They 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 like that I have a hobby. Okay, but not okay. Okay, but they're not. But they're not. Not like in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. You're are you are you? Yeah, they are. But I don't try. Like I said, other if other than it's me acting goofy, I don't try out jokes at all. You don't do. See, I do voices. And impressions and things. Mm, not, uh, yeah, not yeah. N- not so much. I don't do many voices. I would love to. I'm. I've always been uh, even just an English accent. I've been very fascinated. With. I've been working with English people in my career for probably yeah. like fifteen years. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I, it's a love hate relationship. You're London, do you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All exactly. the time. Yeah, and, uh, well, I do that all the time at home. I'm like, I'm, right. My, my daughter will ask me something. And I'll say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a bloke came up to me the other day and he said, "Can I borrow a quid? And I'm like, no. A quid? T- tosser, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, they get bored of that. But again, they, they still, yeah. Dad, stop. With the, and they, oh, God. And especially if like one of their friends come over. Because oh, yeah, I have teenagers. Oh. And yes. that's a no-no. You yeah. cannot do comedy or jokes in front of teens. It's yeah. like doubly embarrassing. Yeah. Dad jokes are great when they're, you know, right. younger. And then it's okay even when their friends come over. But once they hit like 12, preteen to yeah. tweens, no, no, no. Yeah. That's a no, no. Especially you have a daughter. Aunt, you have a daughter. I have, and a, son. I have a 15-year-old son, okay. a 13-year-old daughter, yeah. and an 8-year-old son. So the 8-year-old's okay. He's still okay. Yeah, he'll yeah. hit anything. In fact, he'll... He'll uh he'll repeat my jokes to his friends. He he's he's still okay. I, st- I got still got my eight year old, but the yeah. other two, uh, uh-uh. okay, can't do jokes around them anymore. Well, did it get harder or easier when they hit teenage year- years, or is it just different? Yeah, but in just in general, yeah, in general, like your anxiety kids. levels with taking care of kids and managing whatever problems so they bring home. It's teens are easier mm-hmm. in the sense that they um, if they've. Academically, if they've learned how to do stuff, if they study on their own and they don't need my help anymore, in that sense, it's kind of hands off. You know, they they do they're responsible for their homework and they're responsible for their calendars and their lives and you know they've got their iPhones and they arrange their lives. Yeah, but it's harder in the sense that to try to keep on top of what they're doing. You know, they yeah. don't want me. They're all over the place, right? They don't want me looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want me to, to you know, look at what they're what they're doing. So I yeah. have to kind of. Every they're day separating, and they want to be their own. They want to be their own entity. So I do have to. It's kind of I have to f- check in with them every day, and I have to try to suss out of them. Yeah. What's going on in school? What's happening? But um, yeah, we still. I mean, but as a family, we still have dinner every night together. Oh, that's you know, nice. Whenever I do not doing comedy we all yeah. sit down and then you know i make sure that each one of them i say okay i you have a minute go and i'll, oh, and I'll interesting. They, they each have to give me a minute of what's going on in their day oh. and, and, and you know my and my the one who's doing speech has got it like no, squared away no my wise guy the, the wise guy my old uh, you know whoever feels like the wise guy then now like, they'll be like oh today was great i had a good time that's done you know they'll, they'll yeah. try to get out of it yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. try to do the um yeah it's like the uh when you know it's the reverse, they're doing the reverse to me because when they were little and they'd say, "Tell me a, be- a bedtime story," I'd say, "Well, once upon a time, there was this girl who listened to her daddy so much that she fell asleep and went to bed right away. Goodbye or good night." You know, <laughs> like the so they'll yeah. do the same thing to me. The abbreviated story. Yeah, this is, I know this is very much dad stuff. Probably nobody, none of our listeners. If we have listeners, are going to understand this, but yeah, maybe someday we'll have listeners. <laughs> Right now, it's just me going through the motions. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, changing topic on you yeah. here. I just want to tell you, uh, I've been listening to your podcast yeah. since, uh, I don't know, four or five back. Like when we met. We should tell people how we met. We should do that. Okay, let's start with that. Yeah, yeah. Y- I, you helped me. You didn't even really know me very well. Yeah. And you helped me by providing the video to me. Oh, right. And I had struggled, by the way, for yeah. a good year to get a oh. good video. Because it's not, s- it's getting a good video. People don't realize how hard it is to. Well, audio's difficult. The audio and also the, um, lighting the right positioning, the yeah. lighting, and then also, and then on top of that, uh, even if the technical things are correct, uh, you have to score. You have to do well. I mean, yes. you have to, you know, do well. And I, we had a good crowd last. Stars that. aligned that night. Yes. I got the good video and yeah. I had a good set. Yeah. And it was, you know, so I, that's how we got to know each other. Yeah. You helped me out. Yeah. And then I started following your podcast. Oh, okay. Nice. And then. So I've been listening all along, uh. but um, it the last, I guess, I don't know, ever since Mean Dave, I've yeah. been listening to a- end to end. Oh, nice. The entire, entire thing. That's not, what not I'm looking live, for. Not live. Not live. Yeah. But, but I well, have. the live thing is a fairly recent experiment. So you are now the third streaming uh, guest I've had. So I've been wanting to do streaming, but it's just, I. so I didn't want to do it in my garage. I, I wanted to have a studio. I wanted to be professional about it. But long story short, um, the, the the studio I was working with, it was just very difficult. Um, every turn was another you obstacle. You, you 
had a place had a well i was doing it through i don't want to i don't want to name drop because there's (laughs) but i had a place that provided these kind of services yeah and i thought it was affordable until i started going through the process and it's like every little thing you try and do they nickel and dime you to the point where i go okay i'm up to however many hundreds of dollars per month yeah just to have an amateur podcast Mm. Like, this isn't good. I got a webcam. I got some lights. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to have to do this in my garage. Now, when the summer comes around, I don't know what I'm going to do because it's going to be too hot in here during the day. So, it'll, um, and the sun would still be up at this time in the summer. But I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Uh, but streaming is something I had always wanted to do um, anyway. I wanted but to compliment you, though. Oh, thank you. Don't let me, don't let me get okay, away okay. from this. So yeah. I wanted to say, so I've been yeah. listening since yeah. Mean Dave, and I got to say uh. that... Uh, it just keeps getting better because oh, you're. Uh, I feel like, first of all, we've. I think there's always been a lack of podcasts in the Bay Area for oh, local amen. comedians amen. interviewing. You know, getting interviewed. Yeah. See the we. So the reason why I like your podcast yeah. is that you focus on interviewing comedians. I don't yeah. get an opportunity at a lot of these showcases yeah. and open mics. I don't get an opportunity to talk one on one with people. Yeah. So. Like, for example, Mean Dave. I've yeah. met Mean Dave. Yeah. Um, he seemed interesting to me. I talked yeah. to him for all of 10 minutes. Is that all, I, all right. I could do because we were at a show. I couldn't. Yeah. You know, you can hardly hear anyway. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful of the person performing either. So right. we couldn't really talk. So I like this podcast because you're helping me learn about these people. Yeah. That I see all the time, but I don't have a chance really to get to know. And yeah. now I feel like I know... Mean Dave a lot better, yeah. Coral. Yeah. Um, I've even never even met Rudy Ortiz, but okay. you know, now I want to meet him yeah, because yeah. It's, he sounded really interesting. Yeah. And so so this is great what you're doing. And I so I think you're you're building communities, what you're doing. And oh, that's great. It's fantastic. I, I think that's my goal. Uh, I so this is what I tell people. The podcast started through a selfish mm. um motivation in the same exact reason that you just said. It's like I I know that these people are all interesting. Yeah. But I'm not really talking with them. There was a group of guys that I, I've bonded with, and they're kind of my crew that I see at all the open mics here in the South Bay. And so those are what I would consider my, my close friends in the community. But I go, I want to talk with everyone. Yeah. And I want to get to know everyone. And ultimately, um, I do think, here I go, this is going to be, I'm not a sentimental guy, mm-hmm. but I do think that the Bay Area um, – you know, it's a special place. Yeah. And I think the comedy, the open mic scene right now is, there's something nice about it. It's vibrant. Yeah. And I really like it. Um, I don't have anything to compare it against other than the music scene in the mm-hmm. South Bay from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But it was very vibrant back then. Mm-hmm. I think it's making a comeback too. But <coughs> ultimately, being born and raised in the Bay Area, the Bay Area, what what made it great is it was kind of a kooky, mm-hmm. artsy, counterculture yeah environment right and that went away i would say starting in the late 90s mm. and we became the word is thrown around a lot but gentrified right and i think a lot of the cool stuff especially in san francisco especially in san francisco yeah. not to throw stones not but that place <laughs> is like it's just been bleached and i don't mean bleached it's yeah. clean now it's as dirty as it's ever been maybe even more so mm-hmm. but i just I don't feel when you go there, I mean, there's scenes everywhere and I, people are going to hate on me for saying this, but I just feel like we're tech or nothing in the Bay Area now. Yeah, and so if I could just have conversations with people who are more on the artistic creative side and my my thing is comedy, I like comedy, so mm. that's the people I want to talk to. I would like to talk to people in music and Mean Dave's podcast, actually, he does get, he's starting to, him and um, Erie are starting to get people um on the music side mm-hmm. of things into their podcast uh but yeah that's what i wanted to do i just wanted to talk with people and then it's for posterity right maybe yeah. a decade from now we'll all look back at these and go oh remember when we were trying to or maybe we'll look back and go wow the scene has even gotten more vibrant mm-hmm. more uh, more bigger maybe we're have a comedy scenes that is equal to or on par which it could be right now i don't know see here's another problem i i don't get out of the south bay enough that's right. why when you wanted to do it, when I got Rudy, I was, I was happy, mean Dave, because right. you guys are East Bay guys. I need to get a lot more East Bay, and I need to start uh, either asking people from San Francisco mm-hmm. down here or right. going up there with my remote recorder because I need to have a, I want to have a good sense of all the scenes. And I've made efforts, but not good efforts, to mm-hmm. get comics from elsewhere. And even Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz has an amazing scene. Yeah. I yeah. love, I love the, um, 
what what uh, DNA has out there and um, uh, what he's doing with DNA Labs. I love Rosie McCain's. Um, what's the Monday night one? I really enjoyed. Anyway, their audiences there are fantastic in Santa Cruz. So um, they have a great cool. scene. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I, it's You know, good. there's a part of me that I, at some point in my life, mm. I want to do some kind of um, documentary. Yeah. I don't know on what. Yeah. Um, I I originally had this idea to do follow comics for 10 years uh-huh. kind of documentary, but between the podcast and actually doing the work right. of writing and going to Mike's and family and job and everything else. I just go, I can't take anything on. Um, but that's why I bought the camera mm-hmm. and the, the mic and whatnot, because I, I, I know at some point I want to do something along those lines. But for now, I think the conversation medium, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think just podcasting, getting to know the people who make the scene tick. Yeah. And even just the people in it, um, going up on a regular basis it's it's a good start i think that it's like i said you're 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 building community and you're yeah. giving it an opportunity because you got to remember every year that goes by of course we become more experienced but then new people come in yeah. to the scene and they're going to want to know about us you know uh, so you always have to have this yes. you got to look at it you know this uh, one thing i learned about you know obviously in japan is i'm always conscious of is the senpai kohai you know like the senior and the, uh, the you know the junior and you know you always have to remember that okay yeah we're the we're the low guys on the totem pole now but we're not yeah. always going to be and then you know by providing this and providing a um, sort of a record of, yeah. of who all these comedians are and preserving it for like you said yeah. for posterity I think it's going to be enormously valuable to the comedians as they come in and just yeah. in general you know you meet somebody. You say, hmm, I wonder if he's been on Am I Making Sense? You know, check it out, and you can hear more about them, and I think yeah. that's important. People, no one, no <laughs> comedian is going to go up and start, you know, just it's just going to post about their lives. I mean, their yeah. comedy is about their lives. Right, right. But I think this is really important for, for us to get to know each other. Yeah. You know, I, but I'm hoping, and the reason, and that's why I contacted you, because yeah. I feel like I have not done as good a job as possible in meeting people and telling them about me. Right. So... I mean, people know, people have heard my humor, my comedy, yeah, Tommy yeah. Feldman, but I want, if possible, I'd like to get to know people. I'd want yeah. them to know about me. You know, I'm not just the dad. I yeah. am a dad, but there's more to me than that. You know, yeah. I'm a, you know, I have my own company. Yeah. I, I do consulting by day. I, li- I used to live in Japan, of all places, yeah. for four years. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fluent in Japanese, of all things, and, you know, and so... And you mentioned before, like about tech cen- tech centric, the yeah. tech centric life. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just about tech. You know, yeah. I, I I do consult t- about technology. Yeah. In Silicon Valley, but that's not who I am. Right. Definitely not who I am. I I, I had to shake out of it. I would say five years ago, I w- that's who I was. Yeah. Um, and I did have other hobbies, obviously, but <coughs> it was I always more identified with job. Yeah. And then I don't know, something happened. Some things were happening in my life, and I just go, you know what? Not just, I mean, focusing on career is good. You you want to get good at something in your life, but it's kind of a fool's errand the whole chasing that IPO yeah. or chasing. Yeah, oh the God. Thing. we've all known people that just yeah. start up. Yeah, and so I go, you know what? This is kind of a fool's errand. What else do I like? And that's when I really started focusing on hobbies. And um, is comedy your? Because you said you can do get you do get to guitar and some yeah. other thing. Is comedy your sort of number one? Uh, yeah, side right now, side yeah, side. right now it is. Uh, I would like to get more back into music, but music really is a collaborative thing. I think, uh, you know, starting a band is not anything I want to even think about have for a long time. Have you ever thought of uh, bringing an instrument on stage? Oh, yeah, all the time. I think of silly ideas when I'm playing my guitar. I, I, I think that that's its I love that kind of comedy where someone really? sings a song like uh, yeah. that's funny, like Jason Cole's been doing this bit song about yeah. you know he s- it's about just showing up to do comedy at yeah. a bar where no one's expecting it oh and yeah. it's really the song is really speaks more to comedians and yeah. that feeling of like oh you know no one knows it's an open mic but yeah, here we yeah. go yeah uh but i i think that's that's great comedy if you could i mean i've actually written lyrics i'll be honest with you oh, i've okay. actually written lyrics to a song but i have no musical talent oh. so the lyrics are just sitting there but i i then, then it's a poem it's a you poem, got a poem, right? I've got a poem. Yeah, <laughs> th- yeah. I don't know. It's a bizarre. Yeah, it's a poem about, of all things, about the influence of Yiddish on the English language. All the oh. all the Yiddish words we. What's all your favorite Yiddish word? <sighs> There's one I learned a couple weeks back, which I really like. Mensch. 
Mensch, Mensch, the wise man. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. A lot of it involves shmata is a good one. What's a shmata? Okay. That's like uh, uh, your sort of like your your house dress. Ladies, they're, oh. they're kind of like hanging out in the house and they're shmata. You know, like it's like not a very nice looking dress, but it's yeah. house dress. Yeah. Schmaltz is a good one. Oh, schmaltz. schmaltz. That's chicken they fat. Oh, they all sound good. <laughs> Every Yiddish word sounds good. Um, oh, I got a great one. Uh. This is one of my favorites. Frakakta. Frakakta. It's it sounds exact. It's it means exactly what it sounds like. It's messed up. Oh, Frakakta. Yeah, yeah. it um, does. But anyway, yeah. So, and some other ones that you may not not realize are like glitch. Oh, is that Yiddish? yeah? Oh. Computer glitch. A glitch is a okay. is from Yiddish. Okay, it's a bug. I like uh, Gary Goldman throws out Yiddish stuff. Every uh, does he? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I was going to ask. I, I had thought in my head about what you, if you asked me who my favorites, special. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who are your I was going to say Gary Goldman is oh, one dude. of them. So great. Yeah. He's, a, he's great. Um, and, of course, Eddie Murphy. And uh, Yeah. You know who I'm really into lately? Uh, I don't know if you know him. Andrew Santino? Cheeto yeah. Santino? Yeah, yeah. I know him. I, I've never watched his act, I think, but I know him from podcasts. I heard he's him got a great podcast. He's, yeah. he's a voice guy. He'll, he'll do, he'll just uh, be talking like this and all of a sudden he start talking like this or, you know, whatever. Yeah. He just like, it's a constant flow of, uh, and whenever he's with Bobby Lee, and I know you like Bobby Lee. I love Bobby Lee. He started talking like a this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, he just, oh, no. but he has no, like, yeah. no filter. And yeah. yeah. I know he's got tons of energy. When I hear him talk, he, you can tell he's just like flowing. Yeah, whatever. He, he, yeah, and he his does, consciousness he does great just voices, and he's so fa he's very, he talks extremely quickly. But yeah, but if you can keep up with, him, but he's got a podcast. Yeah. So do you listen to podcasts at all? I listen to. So it's funny because you know those uh, the L.A. comics, they especially the comedy store comedians, they it's quite incestuous. You know, they like sort of promote each other and they go on each other's podcasts. It's so just one big glob down there. So Andrew Santino is friends with Bobby Lee apparently, yeah. and then Bobby Lee and Eric Griffin and Eric Griffin yes. and I don't know, like connect the dots. They yeah. all know each. So I listen to whenever someone goes on a podcast and they have a podcast. And I oh. I go hmm okay this guy sounded interesting maybe li listen sometimes it works out I'm hoping I'm hoping every comic there are com there are Bay Area podcasts so um but I'm hoping that we all start podcasting and getting on each other's podcasts because uh yeah I don't I don't think you can uh you know that that's important well it's important because what happens is it's a cross pollination you of have to yeah. audience. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess audiences, yeah. So Sean is going to do a podcast, right? He said he was going to start one. Sean Riley, yeah, but not yet, right? Yeah, he's going to be starting one. Um, me and Dave and Erie have one. I think they're on episode. Um, so is 10 that 11? On, I look for it on iTunes. Is that on? Is his on iTunes? Yes, it's on What's iTunes, it? Google. It's uh, I have to look it up another right. another podcast. Oh no, is it another stupid podcast by comics? Okay, and um. Paul Paul Connors has one. Paul Connors is doing that one now too. Yeah, he's up to episode eighteen or something. Uh, who else has one? Jason Cole has one. Jason Cole has one, as does Sean Boyle. I told so Jason one time had Paul Connors on his podcast, and I wrote to Jason and I said that was great because I yeah. wanted to learn more about Paul Connors. Yes, and that was that his that episode gave me a good uh, insight into his. You know, Listen to him on uh, also on. Me and Dave and Erie's uh, another stuff. Okay. Yeah, listen to that one. He was <coughs> good on that one, and then he's good on his podcast too. So, uh, but yeah, I think the important thing is that it's conversation style where we're all talking with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've tried I tried podcasting solo multiple occasions, and they're they're posted up. But man, it's a heavy lift. I give props I to anyone who can do yeah, that. I think the conversation is where it's at. Um, and you were talking in your last episode about with Sean about how the best podcast is. Two comedians, um, not necessarily trying to you know do zingers the entire. Yeah. That's too exhausting, you know. But just yeah. talking about why the motivations. Why yeah. are you doing comedy? Why am I doing comedy? Comedy. Right. What are we getting out of it? Right. Because at this stage where we're not really making any money, I mean, we're yeah. just doing it for fun. It's important to kind of. I think if you verbalize what your motivations are, it yeah. kind of helps you a little bit. Well, having conversations helps you, and and just powering through. You know, going in, I go in with some agenda. I, I, there's always questions I want to ask when I have people on. So mm -hmm. I, it's not like I'm, 
just showing up like, what do you want to talk about? Like, yeah. I have things I want to ask people. But at the same token, I leave a lot of room for just talking about whatever. Yeah. We could talk about the drive-in, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Because you learn about people just in how they're reacting with the world around them on any given moment. So I'm trying to think. So like, so uh, in comedy, right, in Bay Area comedy right now, yeah. Um, what are the sort of topics du jour uh, that... I don't know. That might be on your top on your mind. I could tell you one thing on my mind is here's a good topic for you: um, competitions. Mm. I still haven't made up my mind about the competitions. It does seem like if you want to get ahead in comedy, you have to have quote unquote credits, you know, mm. one so and such, or yeah. you know. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I mean, you can you don't have to have any credits. You could <laughs> your comedy. That's what's great about it. It's it's. Uh, quite democratic anybody can yeah. just do comedy and uh if you if you want you can produce your own shows and yeah. d- there's no there's no hurdle there but uh, it does seem like you have to acquire some credits along the way if you want to get booked on other yeah how do you feel about credits so i have i have a lot of opinions in everything you just <laughs> said <laughs> surprise surprise i want to know what you think about credits. i do so um well i don't i think 100 percent credits will help you Right. As far as bookers go, you c- it's much easier to say, oh, my name is Matthew McCarron and I've been on this show or that mm-hmm. show. My name is Matthew McCarron and I came in second at this competition or that competition. So I think it's definitely a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as competitions, I've been in the Rooster, uh, the Rooster Tees yeah, um, new talent competition and I didn't get past the first round. And how I have to look, how I look at everything really is comedy is just the cherry on top mm. meaning i have a good life yeah i've had a lot of yeah. fun <laughs> right you know so really sure. this is just more fun for me so i looked at i looked at rooster teas specifically as this is a bunch of people who want to laugh mm-hmm. so i'm getting a good five minutes yeah and i know if i don't do well it tells me a lot about my act mm-hmm. because these people um they're primed, mm. so to speak, right? Yeah. Open mics, they're not primed. No, no, they're not. O- open yeah. mics, yeah. they're they're al- they're almost perturbed. <laughs> it's almost a level <laughs> Some of them. Some of them are actually like you had said, yeah. warning you to fail. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the place. Yeah, depending on place. So in that scenario, was my writing clever? Was my act out enthusiastic? Believe like who knows? But when I went to that competition, I I went in and I go, okay, these are people. This is a paying comedy mm. audience. As is any time I go to. Rooster Tees. So I'm very appreciative I get shots to perform there. Um, so I just looked at it like another five minutes. Um, and I tried not to give it any more importance than that other than to say it was a good audience. And if I yeah. didn't do well, and I don't mean, when I say do well, I, I don't mean advancing. I mean, did I get laughs where I expected so laughs? And I didn't. I wanted so, to <laughs> so what do you think about this? So I, yeah. this is interesting. So I, had a, so I did con- The Comedy Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last month. And I've heard other people with similar experiences where they they say that they did well at the comedy machine. Mm-hmm. I thought I did pretty well. I mean, as far as getting laughs, you know, I'm a pretty like just like uh, a lot of us, especially in Silicon Valley, tech technical minds. Mm-hmm. I do analyze my jokes. I mean, yeah. I do write them down. Yeah, and I do measure them as far as uh, the time, how right. how long does it t- take to tell it, how how much of a you know do I get a laugh. Uh, what grade? I mean, I don't grade them, but I, yeah. I certainly like. I'm looking for belly laughs. I'm looking for yeah. you know. If I yeah. think if someone's getting belly laughs, I know it's a keeper. If it's yeah. kind of like one of these, <laughs> or a polite laugh, or polite that's laugh. almost worth, I, worse yeah, than I quiet. Yeah. yeah, I want, I want, I, I'm looking for that. The um, and I don't know why. For some reason, it's uh. the mi- the middle aged ladies in the room. I'm looking them for the cackle. You know. Because once oh. once you get one of those middle aged ladies cackling, it's yeah. infectious. Oh, interesting. You know? So I'm always looking for that. So I got jokes that I have, you know, that get yeah. cackles here and there, you know. But I, when I went to do Comedy Machine, I got laughs. Yeah. And I thought I did really well, but yeah. like when it came time to do the uh, the voting, yeah. you know, I didn't have any any support. I mean, I had s- of course they la- they clapped politely for me, but yeah. but I didn't you know make it past the first round. I didn't mean you know I, I was clear that they liked liked the other comedians better than me mm. and that is what i don't understand that's the one thing that i don't that's hard about when you wait do how does it work there i don't know how it works okay do they so the way it works is on a it's a four minute each it's yeah. four uh, 
two heats initially, two heats of four comedians each. Okay. Four go. And then they say, okay, audience, who did you like? Clap for number one. Clap for number two. Clap. It's a clap off, I guess you could call a it. Clap off. A clap off or a clap, clap off. off. Okay. Clap off. Anyway, so, you know, so each one they, they and everybody gets polite, at a minimum gets polite claps. Right. But, you know, you want that person in the audience to go, woohoo! Yeah. Woo! You, yeah. you want that, like, <laughs> that, that crazy lady in the audience yeah. who really like, now, I don't know if it's, uh, I, I don't know what that it is. Yeah. You know, to get an audience to go, so you can get laughs. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is that um, you can get laughs, but at a competition, you need more than just laughs. Yeah. Well, you need likability. May, yeah, maybe, but then also, don't you else. need don't yeah. you need people who came to see you also? Because those yeah, people are automatically are going to cheer for you. That's true, but yes, yeah, so I don't know like how, who okay. you know that aspect. I I can actually break it down very concisely for you. Okay, I don't assign any more importance for me personally. There's no importance, mm. greater or lower, on the microphone I'm picking up. Okay. Meaning if I get five minutes, I get five minutes. I'm grateful for it. And then whatever happens. So even if I'm going to a competition, if I get into a competition, the only thing it's telling me is like, this should be a better crowd than I'm normally than used normal. to seeing. Good point. But I can't assign it like, I hope they like me or I hope yeah. I, I get, I can't assign any of that to it um, just because I don't, I don't consider comedy for me. It's not a competition sport. Yeah, it's just I'm true. writing things. But don't you think it's funny though that the industry creates a competitive? Well, I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, I I I watched season one of Last, Com Last Comic Standing, Standing which uh -huh. is I think the one where Goldman was on. Yeah. So that was over a decade ago. Already, yeah, yeah. Right? That was maybe even longer, maybe right. fifteen years ago. I watched that, <coughs> and even that I felt not being really a diehard student of comedy at the time. I was a fan of comedy, mm. but not a student of comedy. Even back then, I felt like this feels something about this doesn't feel right because there were some really funny people, yeah, getting knocked out early yeah. on, yeah. And that first season was very controversial about the guy who won. I thought he was funny, but um, a lot of I guess people in the comedy circle, uh, it was Dat fan, mm -hmm. didn't think he was worthy for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, um, but <coughs> I thought it was weird that it was turning into a competition thing, so. I don't. Uh, I try not to assign any any importance to it, other than it's important to get your time on a microphone. Yeah. And so that's how I look at it. Um, now the other point you said about credits, mm. like I have no idea how to get credits, and I really have no idea how to get booked. I think I've been booked only, I've been booked four times now, in a year and three months. So I don't know how to get booked. But again, well, I have some advice for you on that. Okay, great. Um, but for for the but time being, I it's not that important to me because yeah. I know where to get mic time, and that's yeah. what's important to me. So that's um, good. I like your I like your attitude. Yeah, uh, you know, because you I think your attitude is is probably healthier than mine. I'm I can't help it. I'm a little co I I'm competitive. You know. Yeah. So like you throw and that's fine. <laughs> you throw a competition yeah. out there. Yeah. I I, I I'm drawn to it. Yeah. And even if I lose, I'm st I'll go back again. I'll keep trying. Ultimately, I, don't care. I think it is good <laughs> for comedy. I think I think competitions probably are good for comedy because Americans love competition. Yeah. Well, that's the We're thing. We're wired that's to compete. We, and that's right. And we say when someone goes, "Oh, uh, w what comics are out there? Who's the best?" Yeah. Everyone we all want to know, know who the who's best is. Who's the best? And I I mean I don't I don't think it's fair to say that in comedy any more than it's fair to say that in writing. Yeah. There's some authors out there that yeah. have a huge following and are very popular, but then there's there's people who just absolutely don't like them. And it's not quantitative like a sport where there's a goal. Right. So, um, yeah, that's right. I like your attitude, though. I think yeah. I'm going to try to glean some of that for no, myself. No, but I think but competition, having a competitive spirit is way better than where I'm at. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm totally at the, I'm, I'm totally in the last three years flipped to just hippy-dippy, whatever, man. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> you know? So I have no, other than I like getting out there, I like being with my friends, and I like getting on the microphone. Yeah. I have no other ambition yeah, past that right now. Um, I think if it's six, seven years in, and I'm still not getting booked, I would probably have to readjust my thinking and attitude. So about booking, yeah. My perception of booking is so uh, is that uh, it's much like sales and yeah. marketing. It's just um, you just have to network. And I, I all my bookings have become basically because I ask. 
Okay. I mean, I've I've just had I've made up my mind pretty much that I'm not going to be bashful about asking, and if someone yeah. doesn't, and I've gotten people that don't reply to me and yeah. just you know blow me off and stuff like that, but I'll still keep asking. I mean, I just I'm just I guess it's my old s- the salesman in me. Yeah. But I know I'm a product, yeah. and I know I have to I, if I want if I want to market this product, I have to have a sales uh, uh, campaign, and so yeah. I. I have a, a a sales process, you know. Like I'll ask myself every week, okay, who have I met? What are the who's I who gotta do that? Who's what? Well, who who have I met that does a show? Yeah. Did I ask them? Uh, do you do? Can I be on your show? And because yeah. nine times out of ten, from what I've seen, if I've met them, yeah, and we got along, they're gonna t- they're gonna say yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's rare that someone that I've met. Um, you know, would say no. I only, you know, I only lo- let so and such comedians. You know, so you just got to ask. That's my advice. And this is a good transition. And you've, me- you've met a lot of people that have done shows. Yeah, that do shows. Yeah. No, I know. I know quite a few. Um, so this is actually a good transition because we're coming up on the hour, and we just talked about producing shows. You produce a show. Tell me about it. Okay. Yeah. So I got a couple of irons in the fire that are besides my. So I have an open mic. I do okay. uh, every first and third Wednesday of the month. In Dublin, Sweet. your whole your old turf. I gotta, I gotta make that mic. It's um right in front of the Dublin Bart Station on the uh, Dublin side. Very familiar. You come out. It's I think it's called Iron Horse Parkway or Iron Old yes. Iron or something like that. Anyway, there's a uh, it's called Thirsty Bay Tap and Pour. Okay, and uh, it's the first third Wednesday at seven p.m. My partner is a um, guy by the name of Surish Subramanian. He's, um, him and I, we're about, he's like a peer of ours. He's about okay. a year and plus in. Look at you guys. And uh, so that's first and third Wednesday. And um, I also do a show with another guy. Well, it's so far it's been a regular gig. Mm-hmm. Every m- once a month, this guy, uh, Hong Ming Liu, I don't know okay. if you know him, but he's he's based in Pleasanton. Okay. And so he has a show, but that's, I think, the third Thursday. I'm not, thir- I'm sorry, third Saturday. But, but yeah, I got, you know. Collaborations, nice. Collabora- you know that's that's nice. the key. Uh, and uh, I haven't, I don't have a podcast yet, but um, I recently started doing videos. I don't know, you probably saw my recent. I saw it. It's great. <laughs> my, my I, you know what? That's another thing is I have all these skit ideas, and I even shoot some scenes. You do, but I the thing is you got to get back and edit it. And some of them I'm like, oh no, I want to do yeah. this scene. I I actually I think with my skits, I what's the matter is I'm um, I'm overthinking it. Yeah, and I even if it doesn't necessarily make sense right out of yeah. the gate, I should just put it out there. That's what I do. I I yeah. am constantly putting out content, whether yeah. it be one-liners or I I think I just started with the video, but I think yeah. I'm going to take the same attitude, you know, yeah. because if you don't put it out there, you'll never know, and you never who knows. Maybe it'll be a there's yeah. always that chance. There's always a chance it could go. Yeah, yeah, viral, man. Yeah. <laughs> it could go viral. Get that viral. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so sketches, you know, so Sean has been doing, Sean Riley's been doing sketches. Yeah, I love his sketches. And, uh, and he's a good person to ask, I think. I, I've well asked him already for advice, but. We've, um, me, and, me and him have collaborated on a sketch. It's basically done. It's basically done. And I had so cool. much fun. But I don't know. I don't know if we're going to, I got to talk with him. I got to circle back because ultimately he wrote it. Yeah. And I just shot it and s- starred in it. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's going to want to put it on his site first so we gotta circle back but it was you know whatever whether the final product is good or not yeah me and him at least i was i was laughing so much because it was so absurd the concept i don't i don't want to blow any of it on but it was it was really fun we spent you know maybe three hours on it but it was just hilarious i'm trying to learn so uh he's he's a great writer i i was about to say he's going to be a great writer he's a great writer i think so so i think he's got a few i mean he's young but he's got a future i think just Based on the stuff I've seen with his business insider, and yeah. I've talked to him on the phone and whatnot about where he wants to go, what his future yeah. uh, is, and uh, yeah, he 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 strikes me as a guy who could, um, you know, with enough, if with, uh, you know, obviously it takes some time, but he could be a writer in, in L.A. for oh sure, easily. You know, one of his these business outsider shows, stuff is or yeah, I mean, it's it's know. on par with Onion in my he, book. He has to uh, takes you know, I think that they they have a it's it's not easy but no. you know enough you write enough packets you submit yeah. enough packets and they'll you'll get in i would i think best advice for him keep doing business outsider yeah and his skits or, yeah business outsider yeah i think that stuff right there that thing can get legs 100 percent, especially here in the bay area it, so in a, back to your point about like couldn't have done it in my 20s couldn't yeah. do it in my 30s but now you know 
it's the same. It's interesting because, you know, when I meet someone like Sean and some of these younger guys, I'm like, man, you, you have your unlimited potential. Yeah. Because you're already funny. Yes. And you've already shown you can write a joke and get yeah. up there and tell it and get a laugh. Yeah. So what are you going to do with it now? Yeah. You know? We should open up a consultancy to advise young comics. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I would. Yeah, I, yeah, I have this dad gene. I would be like, get a get a good job <laughs> and do this on the side. That's yeah. what I would. That would be my advice for. Oh, uh, that's maybe not the best advice, but anyway, that's how I still think. I still think like, oh, everyone needs insurance. Every, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> needs I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard you're still you're you and Sean talking about insurance. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I gotta wrap this up. All right, we have a. I gotta uh. Get in there and eat some dinner, and then I got some mics I'm going to get to tonight. Okay. Uh, but, Tommy, this is this was a lot of fun, my friend. Thank you, Matthew. Let's appreciate do this again. it. I appreciate it. I'd like to, yeah, I'd definitely like to come back again sometime, and, uh, you know, if I have other things, I'll I'll keep uh, keep you informed, and I'll keep listening to the podcast. Sweet. Thank you, sir. And right. we are over and out. Nice. Thank you.